So welcome back to another episode of the PH Diversity Podcast. In our last episode, we talked a little bit about the three different routes you could take post-graduation. And this episode is going to focus on the finding a job post-graduation route, mainly because this is the route that I took after I got my bachelor's in psychology. So it's the one I feel like I'm the most, uh, quote unquote, qualified to talk about. So yeah, look at you. You've decided to get a job after your graduation. That's amazing. But how do you do that exactly? What do you need to do? I mean, I know for me, job searching during my senior year was extremely stressful, both because just looking for a job in and of itself, it's stressful, especially in this economy, but also because my school's career center was more geared towards people looking for industry or non-academic jobs. So job fairs and most of the services that they offered to help students get employed were kind of useless for me. I kind of had to figure out on my own that I kind of had to figure out this process on my own and also through um, lots of Google searches and talking to the grad students of the lab I worked in. Anyways, it's my experience bumbling through this process. This job search process is why I'm doing this podcast in the first place. So one thing I want to say before we start is that this can and will be a long process, so do not get discouraged. Um, For me personally, I prepared my application materials over winter break. I began applying in January, but I didn't get a job offer until May, eight days before I graduated. And I have some friends that like after graduation, it took them like over a year to get a research job. I just say that not to scare you. But just to let you know that it's hard and I want to validate those feelings, especially if you're struggling with it. So this is an interesting episode because most of the things that I could talk about are things that might actually be better suited for blog posts. So those may come out later. But broadly, the main way I'm going to structure this episode is that the first section will be talking about um, the things you should be preparing before you apply, like your references and your CV, etc. The second part of this episode will be like, you know, the types of jobs that um, you should consider looking for and how to find these jobs. And then the last section will like touch a little bit on the interview process. So this is just a very broad overview of kind of like what you can expect and what I felt were like the the main way like I divide this process in my mind as I went through it. Okay, that sounds good. So let's go. So start with the preparations before applying. So one of the first things you want to do is identify who your references are going to be. Um, references can be, you know, professors that you've had for class, um, the professors who you've worked with, grad students that you've worked with. Also, if you've had any like internship or other type of experiences, maybe you could also ask them for a reference. Um, myself personally, I listed the grad student I worked under as a reference and I volunteered at the National Eating Disorders Association. So I had my supervisor there as a reference, and I also had my supervisor from when I interned at a counseling center in downtown New York as a reference. So it's not like they have to write out a reference thing in the same way they would have for grad school, but it's just someone you put down that they know you can expect to call and they will talk about you, right? So identify your references. Oh, and I guess this goes without saying, but just in case, ask someone 
if they're willing to be your reference and ask them like what email or phone number they would best want to be contacted at. So after you identify your references, the next thing you should start working on is your CV. Um, don't worry if your CV, CV isn't like a lot of pages long. It's completely okay. My CV was obviously relatively short at the time because I was an undergrad and I gained experience where I could. Um, so at least one thing I did to kind of strengthen my CV is that under each position I had or listed on my CV, I included bullet points that kind of like summarized what I did at each position and like, you know, the leadership roles I held there, et cetera, et cetera, to kind of like provide a bit more context to what could otherwise be a kind of short CV. Um, one important thing is that in your CV, you want to be sure to highlight research experience, especially if you're looking for research position jobs. And by highlighting research experience, I mean that your first section should be education. Then after that, it should be your research experience, like the labs you've worked in, then any posters or papers you've had following that, any work or volunteer experience, and then any awards or honors that you've gotten. And then in addition to your CV, you should also prepare cover letter templates. So this is also something that could be better suited for a blog post. So I'll be sure to do so because cover letters are hard and confusing. And again, most of the ones I found when I was figuring out how to do this were more geared towards industry jobs, which weren't very helpful for me. But I would say that the broad line for a cover letter is at first you want to introduce yourself, your name, where you are, and your goal. So it would be like, you know, my name's Vanessa. I am a senior graduating from Columbia um, with a bachelor's in psychology, and I'm looking for a research position or blah, 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 blah. And my goal is to gain research experience to then go to grad school. Like that's kind of like the introduction. Then after that, you should list your past work and research experience and how it has prepared you for this position. And then most importantly is that you, at the end, you want to be sure to link your skills and like your research experience that you talked about in that cover letter. You want to be able to link it to the place you're applying. You want to be able to say how, like, look at all these skills I have, and this aligns perfectly with, like, you know, your mission or your lab and your line of research, and this is why you should hire me. And I think I'll make a blog post about this later on. So that's kind of like the broad things you should prepare. You should identify who your references are, ask them if they're okay being a reference for you, prepare your CV, and get some, write a draft of your cover letter. I say a template because obviously the specifics are going to change for the different positions that you apply to, but you want like, you know, a base template that you can start with and modify as needed. So... Let's go a little bit into like what types of jobs and how to find the jobs. At this point, the types of jobs you kind of want to look for are lab managers, research coordinators, clinical research coordinators, um, research assistants, lab technicians, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, I looked for more lab manager or research coordinator positions because I felt like I had gained a lot of work as an undergrad, like working on other people's projects. And I kind of, I mean, in a lab manager role, you're still working on other people's projects, but I was, I had gained a lot of experience being the person to whom tasks were delegated. 
and I was ready to be in the position of management to be the one delegating the task. And that's just where I was in my research development. If you're someone who's trying to look for research experience because you felt you maybe didn't get enough of it at undergrad, maybe you want to look more for research assistant positions, et cetera, et cetera. Like there's a lot of variety in there. But yeah, I think if you had like a year or two of research experience as an undergrad, I would say looking for like lab manager, like more managerial positions would be a pretty decent step to go. At least for me, I thought it was the natural step. So now, how do we find these jobs? How do we find research jobs? So before I go a bit more into how to find these jobs, I kind of want to start with a little, no, it's a little caveat that it's okay if the job you get or the jobs you apply for don't exactly map onto what you want to do. It's about the experience you're gaining as well. Like me, for example, I worked in a mindfulness lab for two years, even though I don't care about mindfulness. And that's okay because the skills that I learned from that job, such as how to like deal with the IRB, how to manage a budget, how to handle participants, how to um, manage the daily workings of an NIH grant, of an NIH grant funded study, those are skills that I can then take to whatever projects I want to do going forward. So that's just my little notes before I get into this, that it's okay if the jobs you apply for or the jobs you end up doing aren't in the exact area of research that you want to eventually go to grad school for. It's completely okay. So now that that's out of the way, how do we find jobs? So one way is uh, word of mouth. When I decided, okay, I am looking for a research position post-grad, I told all the grad students in the lab so that way they knew I was applying and any information they heard from like friends or listservs or anything, they just directed to me so I could look at that and apply if need be. In addition to that, um, the internet. There's one website that I will link in the description box that had a forum where people would post either that they were looking for jobs or people would post available like post back research positions. So I checked that a lot and would try and follow up and see how I could apply for those positions. In addition to that, um, I went directly to universities and cities that I would be interested in living in and I would join like the official application portal for them and just looked for like research coordinator slash lab manager positions and labs or schools that seemed like vaguely psychology related. And that's actually how I got my job. I applied to my pen job through the application portal and I actually worked in the school of medicine. But yeah, so that's one way. And then the final way I would say that can be helpful to look for jobs is cold emailing. So cold emailing is a bit intimidating, but I think it's also a good skill to learn if you are trying to go into academia because a lot of connections can be made just through randomly emailing someone. So the way I went about cold emailing is that I found professors whose work interested me and I just emailed them out of the blue asking if they were hiring any like lab managers or if they were starting any new projects. So the worst thing that can happen with this is that someone doesn't reply or they reply and say no, which, okay, whatever. Some said no, and they were kind enough to direct me to other places that would apply. They would be like, oh, well, I'm not hiring, or oh, I just finished doing this, but I know my colleague over here is doing this. You should be sure to reach out to them. And some were like, yeah, I'm hiring. Please be sure to go through this portal. And I actually got a few interviews through uh, cold emailing. So it didn't pan out into a job, but I learned about other opportunities. 
So the broad outline for a cold email is actually kind of similar to the broad outline to for a cover letter, in a sense. First, you want to introduce yourself, your name, your degree, like you're searching for a job. You want to tell the professor why you're interested, like why are you emailing them? Oh, I'm interested in your work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And a little bit about what you have done and how it could be a fit. It's actually kind of like a little practice for when you apply to grad school later on. So that's kind of like the end of this second section of this episode. Um, little recap, generally, you kind of like want research positions, lab manager, coordinator, or research assistant positions. It's okay if the jobs you apply for, the job you eventually end up getting isn't exactly the type of research you want to do because the skills you will get are valuable and can take you anywhere. Be sure to let everyone in your circle know that you're applying for jobs because they can like send things your way. Um, Look at universities, apply directly through the portals. Don't be afraid of cold emailing. And check out the internet, and I will post the website I talked about in the description box. So now for the final part of this process. You've identified some jobs that look cool. You've sent out your applications to so many places, and finally a few have come back, and they are ready to interview you. Bruh, this is terrifying. (laughs) So I realize I'm recording this episode during the COVID pandemic, so I'm not sure if in-person interviews are even still a thing right now, but I will talk about my experience and, you know, there shall be a time after this pandemic, so hopefully you'll be extra useful again after. (laughs) So I personally, I had a mix of phone slash Skype and in-person interviews. I would say if a place gives you the option to choose between an in-person and a phone interview, if you are able, if it's within your capability, if you have like, you know, the time and money, I would suggest that you should go to the interview in person because it makes a good impression and it shows that you're serious. I know that's a bit about it. But yeah, if you have, if you are able to go to an in-person interview and they give you the choice, take that option. I know I personally preferred my phone slash Skype interviews because I could have my CV and my notes right in front of me. And there are some positions that were only phone interviews. And then there were some that they would have the phone interview and then they would, you know, ask me to come in person as well. So I would say the main tip for an in-person interview is be sure to dress appropriately and have copies of your CV as well in case you like want to hand them in case they ask for them or so you can remind them. So interviews are intimidating, right? Because you're there having to like answer all these questions. But I also do want to say that in addition to like, you know, preparing, having your CV, um, thinking about like your strengths, your weaknesses, how you're going to help the project, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's also important to come with your own list of questions as well. I know for me, some general, some starting points of questions you could ask is you could ask what the insurance situation is like. Um, What are the types of projects that that lab is currently working on? Another question I also liked asking is what a typical day would look like for someone in that position. And also if it's a city that you're not used to or a city you've never lived in before, ask what it's like living there and like what that vibe is like. Those are some sort of questions you can ask. So there's one story I do want to share to like kind of give an example about how Yes, you're in a precarious position. Yes, you're unsure, but also like, don't be afraid to stand up for yourself. So um, this was sometime after I'd been applying for three or four months 
by this point. And I got a call or an email telling me that I was invited to be interviewed at a really good place up in Boston. And I was excited. I'm like, yo, Boston's cool. Like I lived there one summer. Like I'd be excited to go back, blah, 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 blah. But when I looked at the date of the interview, it was smack dab in the middle of the week on a Wednesday during midterms. I just could not make it, right? So I emailed and I explained my situation. I was very cordial and I was like, hey, you know, is it possible to move this? Is it like, I'm really excited. Thank you for the opportunity. But is it possible to move this interview to another week or closer to a weekend? Because I live in New York and this interview is up in Boston and that's like a six hour journey. And it's like hard to justify the expense to just go up for one day in the week. But you know, if it was closer to a weekend, maybe I could make it like a weekend thing or I could skip more classes when I didn't have exams, like kind of explaining my situation. But after I sent that, like, you know, nice email being like, I'm very interested. This is my situation. Is there a way I could like move this interview? I'm not not interested. It's just I this is the reality of my situation. I got a very short and rude email back that was insinuating that I was not serious about the position and they would contact me if they didn't manage to find someone else. So um, obviously I didn't get the job. And at the moment I freaked out because I thought I had ruined my chances at getting a good job at like a really dope place. So like, you know, I went and I cried to my grad student about it, but she put it in perspective for me, right? Like if this institution couldn't be accommodating for my legitimate request, or at the bare minimum, even if they couldn't be accommodating, if they couldn't even be polite about it when asking for a slight shift in an interview date, why do I even want to work there? Because say if I started working there and something worse happened, would they just be as rude about it as well? So I say that to be like, they're going to receive scary things that happen but in addition to like, you know, you're looking for a job, you're desperate. Well, I should use I statements. I was desperate when I was looking for a job. But in addition to that, don't also, as scary as it sounds, it does work both ways. You need a job, you want an income, but you also don't want to be at a place that doesn't value you. Yeah, so that'll get on my little soapbox there. That's kind of my broader view about this whole uh finding a job, the types of materials you should prepare, what type of jobs to look for, where to look. So I would say the main thing here is that you want to start as early as possible with your application materials, um, mainly because a lot of these positions, they kind of want someone to start at the beginning of summer generally because the way they kind of do it is that they want the person who is leaving to maybe have a month or two to overlap with the person that's coming so you can kind of like learn on the job and then that person can leave to go and prepare for grad school so if they start making those decisions by like you know March, April, or May, but you're just starting to apply there the pool may be a little bit smaller I don't say that to scare you but it's just it's better to start earlier sooner than later it can be a very long and discouraging process, but don't give up. It's, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to front with you, it's hard, but it's okay, you can get through it. So general type of jobs that you want to look for, like, you know, lab manager positions, are research assistant positions, research coordinator jobs. Ideally, of course, you're going to want to look for jobs that are in your direct area of research, but it's okay if it doesn't completely match up. What matters most is the skills you're going to be gaining in these positions. Um, cold emailing while intimidating is 
a good way to maybe find out about opportunities that weren't listed on websites and get directed to like more updated things. Be sure to tell everyone you know that you're applying and don't let these people intimidate you while you're doing your interviews. Interviews are scary, but like, you know, if you, if you got called in for an interview, by that point, it's more like, you know, you are qualified for the job and it's more trying to see if like, you know, you could like mesh in a bit well there or if you're like as good in real life as you are on paper. And of course you are. So don't stress out about interviews. And also if you're applying during senior year or like, you know, a really busy time like I was, don't be afraid if an interview date is just given to you to ask to move it around. And if, you know, someone or an organization is very unreasonable in their response to that request, that's not a place you want to work for anyways. So it's okay. Yeah, that's the end of this episode of this, uh, finding a post-bac job. I hope it kind of provided a bit of an overview. Um, just be sure to email me if there's anything in this episode that you would like me to go more in depth in, but this was more kind of like a broad interview because we don't want these episodes to go too long. So yeah, thanks for hanging around and I'll see you next time. Bye.